Hello, everybody, and welcome to Saints Radio. And you're going to hear a reverb of this when it kicks back to my uh, device here. So don't think something's wrong. We just want to make sure that we're actually recording. See, here it comes right now. There it is. So we know we are broadcasting as opposed to last week. Still don't know what went on there. Oh, it was ice last week. And the week before was when we couldn't broadcast. So is this uh, the first we've had in three weeks? Perhaps. I guess I should get my mic. Perhaps. Which one am I supposed to be using here? Oh, well, just using both. Either Which one. one is turned on? Well, they're all turned on. I turned them all on. <laughs> okay. So, um, so if if somebody says they can't hear you, then just move both of those mics over there, and it should all be well. So, we hope everything is going splendidly for you wherever you may be. Um. We did the French broadcast earlier today. We understand that it's colder and windy there, which uh, we've been in France many times in the winter during that. Not just when it was cold, sometimes when it was just freezing cold. Ice and snow we've experienced. Even in Monaco, we how many inches of snow fell that time? It was like six or seven. It was wacky, the weather. So... I'm glad, though, to report that today in Dallas it's supposed to be a balmy 71 degrees, and I'm very happy about that. Uh, It was really nice yesterday afternoon, so the Arctic blast that came through Texas is gone. Well, you say that, and I was looking just earlier today because it's going to be down to 32 again on Saturday. As a low? Yes. Or that's not the high. No, that's the low, but that's still cold. It'll be in, it'll be in the nighttime. In the nighttime. I come yeah. at night in the nighttime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's... <laughs> never mind. <laughs> that's a song. It's funny. <laughs> Actually, 38 on Thursday, and yeah. it just starts going down. But you're right. The Arctic blast has passed. They, we were, I laughed because somebody on social media changed the name of our city to Dalaska. <laughs> <laughs> Dallas. Uh-huh. Um, well, you know, I kind of like it when it gets colder at night because then I can start a fire in the fireplace at like 7 o'clock. And if it's been like 60, 65 degrees during the day and I'm running around in a t-shirt, then I can build a fire, and it feels like you really have a reason to have a fire. So I, I don't mind that. It's just the, the ice storms that hit here. That, you know, I was talking to my new dentist yesterday. He's from Wisconsin. He and his wife and two little kids moved down here from Wisconsin. So he was talking about their winters and the snow. When it comes, it's snow, and it stays. And so last week was their first experience with a, a Dallas blast. Oh. And so their little kids were used to going out and being able to play in the snow and sled and build little forts and stuff like that. And uh, we never really got that kind of snow last week, and it was gone by Saturday. And, and it was baffling to the children. Uh, well, it's baffling to me. Dallas is its own world. I love being here, but it's unlike any other place. Well, I watched it from the window. <laughs> I did not walk outside. That's smart. I, <laughs> I, I did not walk outside until it was. In, in fact, I had an appointment on Friday. And it had the temperatures had risen, and I could hear it like the ice from my roof dripping yeah. and melting. And she texted me about nine o'clock and said it it should be clear by noon, which was when my appointment was. But if you're hesitant, then we'll reschedule. And I I, I said no, let's just let's just see what happens. And I sat there, and I started having anxiety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
And about 20 minutes later, I texted her and said, I, I have to reschedule. I, I just, I have to get over that. But um, I do know that at one point, there was two mornings when I, I opened the door, the front door, and it literally looked like there was, it was just a sheet of ice. It was an ice skating rink. It was yeah. like an ice skating rink. Yeah. And so it's so, it's so interesting because I was so careful. I mean, I just, I just wanted to be so careful and because I'm so thankful just to be walking and, and whole again. And about the third evening, I, I, I walked into the kitchen because it's, I've been reflecting a lot this last, this last week, just about the last year and with the ice and everything. And just really thankful and communing with the Lord in that place of gratitude. And anyway, so I walked into the kitchen. Olivia was in there, and, you know, I've got my thankful heart, and I'm walking, and I walk in there, and I, I go to open the ca- the pantry, the cabinet, up top. And when I opened it, there was a brand-new jar of nut butter on the shelf. And when I opened the cabinet, that jar of nut butter, butter fell and landed oh. on the top of my right foot. Oh no! On you know the bone on the top yeah. of my. Oh, that's awful. And I like collapsed on the ground. It it was so painful. I literally like collapsed on the ground, and I started crying because it hurt so bad. And she's like, "Mama, are you okay? Are you okay?" And I couldn't even. I was just like, I cannot believe this happened. I, I probably just broke the top bone in my foot. <laughs> I mean, I'm going through all these th- these thoughts and these feelings and. So I sat there for about 10 minutes, and then I got up, and I got my ice pack, and I went upstairs and sat down, and I iced it for like an hour. And they prayed for me, and I went to bed, and I was so down. I was just like, I cannot believe this has happened. And I woke up the next day, and I was fine. Isn't that great? I mean, there, it, there was, it was bruised. Yeah. But I was able to put my tennis shoe on, and, and I mean, it's like it, just fine. That's great. I know. But I thought, you have got to be kidding me. Lord, I, this, this is not funny. <laughs> yeah, being, you, you, being stuck in the house for a couple of days is, is always a unique adventure. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of during the COVID shutdown when days. things were shut down. And, um. But we're out and moving about now, and we're, Thank God. we're having no impediment at all, thank the Lord, and we're busily preparing on a number of different fronts for various points of ministry as well as ministering, so uh, the most important front is the way that the Lord is opening up uh, His presence and the, uh, the heavens mm. and the Word, the Word. There's such a proclivity of the depth of the word and um, that is just an amazing blessing amen amen you always think about I remember when we had I think it was the Saturday the last Saturday of our seminar I don't remember what year it was when we had the snow mm-hmm. in March yeah and what a phenomenon that was. I mean, I know for the, the Floridians, what a shocker. <laughs> yeah, I got to throw a snowball at a net. That was a, oh that was my a great gosh. blessing for me. You yeah. Show my old high school arm <laughs> off. I did not know that. But, yeah, but I, I remember, like, just the spirit, the words that came out of that. Because, I mean, nothing is a coincidence with God. And he controls the heavens and the earth and... And of course the weather, and so that was that was really pretty significant. But then I, you know, I always I know you do this. I always I always try to to discern what what this ice represents, and I always I remember. I think it must be March September seminar, back when Charles Baker was here. And had control of the thermostats. <laughs> and and it would be the middle of March. And maybe it would have gotten up to 78 outside. And he would go and turn those thermostats to like 50. <laughs> and I remember thinking, well, at least 
maybe there won't be any demons in here because they don't like the cold. (laughs) So I always, that's so silly, but I always think, um, yeah, it's got, you know, the freeze is just something they say that it freezes away the mosquitoes, but I just, I, I question that. I question that. That has not been proven in Texas. Yeah. You know, me and mosquitoes. I know. I I don't think that really works. They're not your friend. Yeah. But anyway, I'm I'm thankful, and I know the Lord will give us some insight as to, I think you pretty much nailed it when you start talking about the heavens open. So we're thankful. We're thankful. Get it all out of the way before our saints start arriving next month. Oh, I cannot believe that's, that. That's hard to think of. I'm so excited about this seminar. I mean, we have a lot of work to do, but I'm just, I, I can already, already sense the the Lord in it and the way that he is going to manifest in our midst and it's just very exciting to me oh wow yeah it's uh, it's it's funny for us now again we've talked about this before like I said the Lord is just opening up the the depths of his word and it's now that we broadcast everything from here, just about everything. Um, in the, when the seminars first started, we would go back and teach the things that that we needed to dis- distribute out to the saints. And now, most of the people that come to our Dallas gathering are they're we're thankful for this. We we are all eating the same spiritual meat each week. So um, it's 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 a challenge for just for me to to know that I've got to prepare things that for that gathering and to to start getting ready for the gathering while I'm still teaching the the, the weekly words now and that the gathering is most likely going to be totally new. And to me, that's great because I don't like repeating the same stuff. You know that. I mean, but the point, though, is is that there's so much that the Father's giving. It's it's kind of a neat thing because you can say, all right, this is what we need to speak Wednesday. These things over here are all fresh. Get that ready for seminar and don't blur the lines. So, but the main thing is that the prayer times this during this gathering and the, the, the emphasis of seeking after the Lord in directed pathways, that's going to be an astounding thing because when the saints come together and we're commissioned to pray together, at this seminar we're going to experience things that are wonderful I mean since the last seminar I just from being here um, there are ways that God has opened up the heavens in this place that are new and it's going to be really a nice thing to gather with the saints um, in those places and how, how to discern what God wants from us in, in intercession and in our sessions um, that's the main thing because we are in this year of breakthrough or this year um, this year of his glory where the presence of God is just so um, amazingly um, being evidenced among us is is just incredible. Um, so we hope you've made plans. Uh, we hope that you're ready to come. And um, 
we're we're looking forward to to what God's what God's going to do. I um, I'm really fascinated by this this idea of the waters of the Lord. Um, and, and I think it's interesting that God in Genesis when it said the Spirit brooded over the waters, the face of the deep, and um, and then when God separated, when he when he separated the the waters, that there's something in that that's you know, we don't we don't really consider. This this earth was, you know, human beings are made of water. Um, the earth was basically a water mass. It was in, in darkness, but God then caused that to be separated. And that, that's something we don't really focus on much. Um, and, and for us to be able to delve into the depths of the water of the of the throne and coming out of the temple but the water sources and for God to equate our gaining revelation from him in spirit with the water and the wells the wells being the eyes of God um, that's very interesting to me but yet the connection between breath and water is is really interesting because the spirit comes the the breath of god you've got the spirit of god the breath of god brooding over the waters breath and water together and then you have the fire of his passion which is also a, a unique dimension of how God moves. To me, that, that really is the spark of creativity. It, it just is. But just as a, a spirit, God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit, in the bonds of truth. Um, I, I, just, I just think it's very interesting. Now, I'm not trying to get really philosophical here because that just bores people. Uh, and in fact, I'm even getting bored by myself. <laughs> but the point, though, is that we're talking about factors of who God is and how he reveals himself. And so if we're talking about waters, wells, the eyes, and us digging deep into things and out of our innermost being, rivers flowing... This is talking about you. This is talking about me. And we we better understand that. I, I go ahead. What does Jesus say? And forgive me for not remembering this passage, but doesn't he say something like, lest you be born of water and of the Spirit? Well, water and the blood. Water and the blood. Um, you, you, you have to... Be born in the natural and in the Spirit? Yeah, but, but see, if, if, if we talk about the quickening spirit, if, if as we equate the core of our being where the spirit is that is born again, that then prays in diversities of tongues, if that as that is equated with the rivers that flow, then... Um, To be born of water, yes, that can mean probably all of us were born out of that that sack that had uh, water in the womb. And our heart is surrounded by a cardial sack. Um, 
but the core of our spirit is a well of water. Mm -hmm. So could it mean, you know, like this verse in Ephesians 3.16, that God would grant you according to the riches of, of his glory to be granted, to be strengthened, the power of the throne with dunamis by his spirit in the inner man. Will you be quickened? That spirit will be quickened. I don't know. I just think it's very interesting. All this business of water. I know that there there was not to be experiential. But I remember we were reflecting earlier about some of the things that the Lord's done in the midst of our times of intercession over the last 25 years. And just some of the profound things that we don't want to forget about. But I remember specifically laying in the in the back in the in the aisle, you know, back second aisle, pretty close, well, up by the Kairos wall, but in the second aisle, an intercession one morning, and um, like divers intercession when we we still have that, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Anyway, and. And I remember there was such a flow of the spirit in the room that for like a seat, like a long season during intercession, as we were praying in the spirit, I thought water was coming out of my mouth. It felt, it felt like water was flowing out of my mouth. I was lost in the spirit to the point where I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to get a mop. <laughs> I mean, it was that dynamic. It was like, whoa. Mm. And, you know, of course, back then I really didn't understand so much of this stuff. But it makes perfect sense now. Yeah. That if, if out of your innermost being, those rivers of water and you're praying in the spirit and it's coming out, it was, or maybe I was positioned at the throne and, and you know, at that point I didn't have understanding of that. And... I don't know. What's interesting, you know, like the pressure of the depth, the, the pressure of the height, but the pressure of the depth is even, the bathos is even greater. And I, I remember watching years ago this, this movie called The Abyss, mm -hmm. and where uh, the, the lead actor was needing to go down into the chasm in this, this, kind of a exploration suit deep, 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 deep down in the waters and he had to breathe in. He had to ingest this liquid that was infused with oxygen so that his lungs didn't explode when he was down in those depths, but he was still getting the oxygen. And that was that was that was fascinating. You know, like even people getting the bends. If they go down too deep and they come up too fast, or even submarines that have to be pressurized so that they can, you know, um, it's like when we're flying in the airplane and the the water bottle kind of goes, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and I I think that or little kids start screaming because their ears mm -hmm. are popping and it hurts. Um, I think that. That, that business, if you're going to go into the depths of the bathos of the mysteries of God, you have to be breathing the breath of the Spirit, but also the water of the Spirit, or you won't survive. So I think that that's probably what that represented, that not only the rivers that flow out, or the, the phrases that we talked about on Sunday. Which is uh, praying well. mysteries. Yeah. And so the mysteries is the bathos. But to eat, yes. It translates, and that's mm -hmm. the translation. So that, that does make perfect. See, all these things I'm learning about. <laughs> but even to survive there. Whoa. You have, to, you have to be functioning in the water of the Spirit, which is infused with the breath of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. I, I just think it's, it's so interesting. I had heard, I, well, I can't say I'd heard, but... but thinking back about the children of Israel and just the parting of the Red Sea, because I know that that was symbolic in so many ways of them coming through the way mm -hmm. the Lord delivered them. But think about that. I mean, through the water and, and 
maybe you preached about this. Forgive me because this is long, long, old news. But the Passover with the blood, delivering them from the enemy, mm-hmm. delivering them, and then into the wilderness, and then they had to go through. They had to go through that sea. They had to go through that, and the way that God parted that has to be symbolic in some way too. And even the Jordan. In the Jordan, yeah. Yeah. Um, where there's a separation of the waters. For them to get to the promised land or yeah. to get into the, the, their des- you know, the land of their destiny, their inheritance. And we're going way off the deep end, no <laughs> we pun intended, <laughs> that so many of the, the outposts of the enemy are located in the depths of the sea. The ancient cultures knew that. They know it now. We've seen it. We've experienced it. I remember one of the first times we were flying back and forth to Europe. And there was always, when we would cross a certain point just off of Greenland, you could sense an amazing amount of angelic activity and you could sense that you were crossing from, you were crossing over one, some type of a power base. That happened so many times. And I remember we were coming back from Europe one time and we got outside of Ireland and we had to do a circle for like a half hour because of um, some kind of traffic control issue. And after about 10 minutes, we recognized that the pilot came on and said, we aren't in any problem. We just, we got plenty of fuel. Uh, there's just a, an unprecedented air traffic thing. And so after about 10 minutes, I had a duh moment, and I started praying in the spirit of what that power base was that God was having a circle. I remember you were in an activation down off the coast of uh, the Dominican. And some some kids that I was in my were in my youth group, we contracted with them in their boat, and you guys did a circle out in the water. No, we did seven circles. Yeah, and we chewled in the water seven times. I was supposed to go on that trip. Where were you? Well, <laughs> whoever we had whoever we had asked to take the team up into Canada, I don't know even know who that was, but they defaulted. And I knew how important that was in Canada and New York City, so I went and led that team. But I was supposed to come there, which really made me kind of wary because I knew these kids and they knew me. They'd followed me for years. And I thought, David Wright is going to wear these kids out. And I think he did. Oh, listen, there's so- <laughs> I, I literally could write a book about just the funny, crazy things that happened. But to begin with, we get there. We're there for about one hour and our first appointment is to meet with, uh, remind me Maximo. of his name, Maximo, and his cousin or whatever. Yeah. And so they came to our hotel where we were staying, and, and we were going to meet down at the little, where the little tiki huts were, down, you know, the bar yeah. area, whatever. So we go and we sit, we're sitting at the table, a tall, like a tall um, little stools. Well, for some reason, Les had some of Pastor Paul's Ministering with Angels books that had been translated in Spanish. Uh Okay. And he was supposed to give them, I guess, he was just the messenger. So we have those sitting on the table, and Les is sitting there, and he's doing this with the book. And we're having this conversation with Maximo about can we borrow, can he take us out and let us turn seven times in the water? And and these kids are probably thinking... (laughs) We are so swirly, right? Well, we're talking about this. No, but let me tell you what happened. So we're sitting there. We hadn't been there an hour. And all of a sudden, a bird dive bombs us, like dive bombs our table. And Les picks up that Ministering with Angels books and goes like this. And that bird flies right into that book and dies on the table. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my gosh, is that an omen? <laughs> It was it was so crazy. It was so crazy. And then 
I mean, so many things, so many funny things happen because just the look on this guy's face oh, when I David know. is trying to get him to turn the boat. I felt so badly about that. And but it and then the cave caught. We went into the, David wanted to go into all the caves, and so we had this guide that's leading us all these trails into these deep caves, and there's tarantulas, and, and you got some kind of a. Then we had one morning off, like a free morning, I'm like oh great. So it's maybe 10 o'clock in the morning. And so we think, well, we'll go down and just sit by the pool for a little bit. Okay, you know, it's tropical. So we get our clothes on and we go down to sit by the pool without David and Janie. And we walk down there and we walk through and we find a couple of chase lounges and we sit down and we have our books and our iPods or whatever that we're listening to. And all of a sudden... It's like I'm absorbed in a book or something, and all of a sudden I look up, and I'm surrounded by topless women. Like, and, and all the chase, like, <laughs> we had no idea. <laughs> but the funniest thing was a few minutes later, I get a text from David and Janie. Hey, where are you? Oh, we're down here at the pool. Okay, we're heading down there. So they start walking down, and so they start walking towards us, and we didn't really even have time to get up and mobilize. This all just happened. And I'm watching David walk towards us, and I'm watching his expression when he actually realizes (laughs) what's, you know, what's happening. And it's just like so many priceless. And then that, and so we we got up from there, and we had another activation to do where we were going to bury this, this prophetic word under the water in the ground under yeah. the water. So he goes and he gets us these goggles, you know, with the little thing. Yeah. And so we go out into the water and we're all having our goggles on. So he gets the thing and he said, okay, we're going to pray a prayer and then I'm going to dive down and I'm going to bury this thing down there. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're all in agreement. So we prayed our prayer. And so he gets a thing. And so he, he goes, he dives down into the water and he's down there for a while. And then he comes back up, and he's like, <gasps> and then the thing goes, boop. <laughs> that happened like ten <laughs> times. It was just like a comedy of things that, oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. But it all started with Bird. That was amazing. Oh, man. I, and again, really, I, I had talked with those boys before when I was setting this thing up. They were so gracious. On the phone, because Joelle, who was one of my right-hand boys. They were in your youth in group. Youth group. Yeah. He was here, and he he had been in the Marines. Just a sweet kid. Just really a nice kid. So he was helping to translate with his cousins. And, and then I had to meet with them again when I said, Look, guys, I can't come, but I'm sending some really wonderful people. Can you still do this? Oh, sure, Pastor Ron, yeah. But I remember those boys... Because they, they all came over here to go to school, you know, as so often happens, you know. With but this was from the Dominican, and I remember having a. a they all love baseball there, so we had a softball team, and I took them to tournaments and stuff. And then we went to, we had a youth camp where we rented out James Robinson's camp in East Texas. So I took 130 of our youth group down there and. We had all kinds of things going on, but the spirit visited. So they kind of knew that there was some wacky stuff that God would do. So they had that experience. I remember one time down there, I forget what I was speaking about, but we were praying for the kids. And I I said, I don't know anybody to get scared, but there are some angels that are here to give you some things. And I remember that they were all looking at me, and at that time, the two big wooden doors to that room just swung open on their own. And man, after that point, I had their attention. Those doors stayed open until the time we finished ministry and the doors closed. I said, you know, this is not my facility. I didn't do that. So those boys knew that Whoa. there was some wacky stuff. Yeah. But I don't think they, they, they would have been prepared for you, but I know they weren't prepared for you. David and Janie. <laughs> anyway, um, I don't know why we went off on that. Oh, the doing the circles in the water. I mean, I know that, that what we did, I mean, it was in faith and it was, God can use us no matter how crazy 
silly yeah. it is. But uh, I mean, I still have. I, I was noticing yesterday. I was I was looking at my. I was actually looking for that book that I was going to read from on Sunday during Sunday school, which I never did find. Which, and I found this box of colored oils. That either you or David, somebody had ordered those. David. Yeah, for some some it's reason. Yeah, and I I thought, wow, what a wild ride we've been on. Well, those things are are good. Those are types of activation, and uh, but yet you, you have to keep people in line, you know, because sons of sons of Zariah like to go off and do stuff that David said, why'd you do that? You know. Well, I Why and I Bethlehem, why'd you do that? I I'm not participating in that. I can say that there really wasn't a leader on our team. I mean, we just all kind of went, yeah. you know, we co-led. But, there, you know, there were times when we were walking through these trails in the jungle following this guide that had just been hired, have, doesn't speak the language, taking us down these trails to find these caves. I mean, there was a couple moments when I thought, this is not very smart. Yeah. But the Lord preserved us, and we, I remember a big part of our activation was directed towards Haiti and the voodoo mm-hmm. that was that was happening in Haiti, and that was a real awakening for me because I had to do some study about voodoo and about that religion there in Haiti, and, you know, there the, the Lord preserved us. Well, but, that, that yeah. was the big activation where we sent a team to New Orleans, the team you had went to the Caribbean. I went up to um, Quebec. 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 We had a team that went into St. Augustine. Seth New Orleans? Did, Seth did some stuff in St. Augustine. Oh, okay. In Florida? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, um, and, but then when we all came back from that, that Sunday, that guy from the assemblies was down there and thus began their attacks against us and then by that january we were out and the bruns came about this time Mm -hmm. from paris Mm -hmm. and the next thing you know we were launched internationally but we went into uganda greece and england and then we were in france and that and that began our alliance um but that crazy trip, oh. and, and Mexico City. Mike Sandra and her and team. Paul took, and Paul took the team down there, lest I forget that. But that was all orchestrated by the Lord that, that made no sense at all in the natural. Why would you do this crazy thing? But it was, it was God, for the, for the, gates of this this continent and it it had it focused on the French but wow that that was the ancient days but I who would think and and I wasn't you know I was giving I'm I was the first one back my team came back first which is why that Sunday morning the spirit of the Lord just came down and I was talking some about what happened in Brooklyn and what happened in Quebec and but the way that the thunderstorm hit in Brooklyn that was out of the blue and Is that when you and Robert went and laid sideways laid at the statue? The statue of Liberty and all those Japanese guys were taking pictures of us. Yeah. And it was amazing. He and I alone went over to Ellis Island and we stood there and talked about race relations. Mm. And we talked about immigrants and mm. and um our dear, dear brother Robert. Wow. The he things is. we've shared with him. Yeah. But I was just telling those stories. They were mild. And man, you would have thought I was blazing six 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 on people's head with that spy from the assemblies. And boy, he came out every said he rented run his truck through our sign and man, oh man, that was wild. But those troubling waters no pun intended, very quickly God established us to go out apostolically. He did that. He opened amazing doors into Europe. Um, 
But in the course of just a matter of nine months, we had gone into Africa, we'd gone into Europe, we'd gone into um, France again, we went into France again, just in the scope of, of nine months from that time. That's, that's astounding. From when, well, anyway. What does God have in store for us in this year? We're already seeing incredible things. And we as saints need to be wise. <laughs> it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been quite a journey. A wonderful journey. Lessons we've learned. You know, we're... We still do activations, and that's that's a major part. I know the Floridians just did yeah. a recurrent one that they've done for Florida. Yeah, it was so nice to see just the support of the other pastors that just came around them and prayed them through the day. Mm -hmm. That's so we we do believe in that, but I think I think that activations had to be done. God knows the activations we did in France before we ever ministered really to our saints' family to be. Um, those times, that first trip where we went down under the Eiffel Tower, and the landscape there has totally changed since that time. I remember burying a screw from up here, uh, you know, a nail into the secret place from Ezra. Underneath the statue, uh, underneath the uh, um, the Eiffel Tower, now it's all concrete. But at that point, remember it was there was gravel, and that little kid came and was watching what we were doing. I have pictures of that. Um, and the way God, when we were doing those activations, snapped that horrible heat wave, and I remember a picture of you wearing a sweater. It was cold. Well, not freezing cold, but it was amazing. But those things are done like prophetic acts, setting the stage for taking the land. And we still do those. We did those throughout our city, just yeah. like the Floridians have done throughout the state of Florida. I mean, it's important to establish authority in the gates and in the different places throughout your cities. Well, we sent teams out west, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, we've done, in fact, it was just 12, I think 12 years ago, I posted this on the Facebook page that I know that I actually had the privilege and blessing to go to Tucson and pray with that church. And then we went out and did some activations um, there in Tucson, went up to the high place and yeah, can't believe that's been 12 years. Like McKenna was just a little baby, like Kelly was holding her and she's just a little baby. But anyway, Carrie yeah. probably had her on a, we? on a horse next the next week. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, the the sweet Indian couple. Jay. Who have moved to Australia, I believe. Uh, They're in Australia. They Manisha. were there. They had their little Yorkie that had gotten the morning. We, we did teaching on Friday and Saturday and then Sunday. And we prayed. And then on Sunday, we went out and did activations. But on, I remember on Saturday morning, they were late to the meeting. And Teresa was reaching out to them. And what had happened was a hawk had come down and they'd let their dog out in the backyard and a hawk had come down and picked him up. And it was a bigger dog than Scarlet. Picked that dog up and tried to take it away and then from pretty high up dropped it. So the poor dog was traumatized. Understandable. But they brought her and we got to pray for her. We the dog anointing. Yes, absolutely. That was before you had any dogs. Oh no no. Could you? Scarlet is Scarlet is twelve. Did you have Scarlet before Reese? 
No, we had Reese. We got Reese when we went, went to Australia. Australia, but then Scarlet's my third Yorkie. Yeah, I had. I had Coco for a year, and then we had Indy for a year, and then we got Scarlet. So welcome to dog talk. <laughs> well, Vicky and I were just texting about dogs, so it's appropriate. All dogs go to heaven. That's right. There is, there's a rainbow bridge, and they all cross over that rainbow bridge, and they're, they're all sitting on Jesus's lap because we know it's big. <laughs> <laughs> Do you hear what they're saying? This proves they're heretical. Um, oh, forgive us. Well. We're uh, we're setting ourselves in spirit for what God is doing right now. It's not what He will do. I think I think in so many ways, for what God has promised, we're doing we're engaged in activations with the Lord concerning Him coming here and what access points we're experiencing in the heavens and it's like a it's like the lord for for one of a better term has activated facets of his word and the, the power of his word for what we're using now like in all the times we've taught about dunamis power from many different angles i don't remember a time maybe i'm just getting old but i don't remember a time where we have tactically utilize dunamis in the way that God's been speaking about over this past week. Like the overshadowing of dunamis. Mm-hmm. I don't remember ever being led of the Lord to ask that over us and what it means for the for the for the birthing, the travailing that we're bearing. Um it's it's just interesting. So we don't know really what you're facing, what you're enjoying in the spirit, but these are new days, and it's time to break through out of the old and into the new, and believe not just for what's coming, but for what's here now. And it's a time where we have to forget about those things. We, we reflect on the victories of the past, but we're not dwelling in them. We're dwelling on behalf of them as we pursue for, forward. And so I, I think that God always does some type of activation before a new thing. Um, you know, like Passover was the, applica- the activation of all. Right. The, the time where Joshua had to stop for those three days before going across the Jordan. The time that they waited at Gilgal, that encampment of the angelic, before they went against Jericho. Um, the time in the upper room where they were praying before the promise of the Father King. Those are things where they're communing with God on behalf of what's coming. And what's already there. You know, even Jesus breathing on the disciples before he ascended. What was that about? Jesus was quickening, (coughs) bless you, places before, within them, before they actually welcomed what the Father was doing. I think that kind of thing is happening right now. So... Anyway, I'm, I'm, there, there's an essence of a, of, of a word from the Lord in the midst of all these ramblings. Um, we, uh, we're, we're enjoying him right now. I don't even want to say we're expecting great things because I'm not even going to talk about the year breakthrough. We're already there. God is breaking through upon us. Um, the, the, as we've been faithful in the Peretz, you think about I've never really thought about that way. When Uzzah, when David, David talked about Perez Uzzah, was that just that God judged Uzzah 
and that because the Peretz was not being handled properly, he came in to judge? Or was that David describing what God was doing at that point where he was, he intended to break through upon the people? I don't think anybody would dispute that it was the timing, of, that, that it was a God's intended timing to establish what Jerusalem was supposed to be at that time. Nobody contested that. It was just that they did it the wrong way and they didn't do it according to what the law said, what the word said. And I don't think anybody disputes either of those things. Then the extended time at Obed-Edom's house was there. But when David said Peretz Uzzah, I think he equated it to what God did to Uzzah, but was he really speaking in a greater way about God breaking through on behalf of the Peretz of the, pe the, Peretz of the people and him wanting to begin to move in the Davidic kingdom of the Lord in a new way? To me, I, I'd never thought of it that way before. But if, if, if we know this is true, if the, per, if the Peretz comes because people are faithful in the Peretz, if, if the Peretz, from our perspective, the breaker going forth on behalf of the, our faithfulness in the gap, we know that principle. Mm -hmm. But did God just break through because he was ticked off because of what Uzzah did, which essentially was because of what David did? Or was that indicative of I don't think that God breaks through just as a punishment. I think what, what was really being said was it was time for that tabernacle of David to be established. And it, God was coming down among the people at that time frame. And he was breaking in upon them. And I think the lesson for us is we better be really aware that he's showing us his principles in the Bible. We not, better not get ahead of ourselves. We better not do things our way. We better know him and welcome him. But to me, if we think that God does something just because he's ticked, God doesn't, God will respond in that way, but the heart of God is to meet with his people and to cherish their obedience and their building the altar. And he comes to meet there, just like in the temple reality. All the people, nobody could stand because of God's visitation and that summit of saying, what should this temple be? To me, I think that the God breaking through upon Uzzah was God was bigger than their transgression. It was God saying, this is the moment. And really those years where they were waiting in Obed-Edom's place, that was less than a snap in the timetable of God. And then, you know, and you read about the breaker being at the head of the army. And, and God is going forth with his people because of their faithfulness. I think that any time God breaks through on that dimension, it is for him to show his favor because the people were responding to his timing. The whole business with Uzzah was bigger than Uzzah. I mean, I think God shielded David because of who he was. But the big wheels in the new cart was not God's plan. And David David responded and he uh, he approved all that. He knew what was going on. And and I think he was displeased with what God did. And, and as a leader, I would have to say that he knew that the fault was really his. 
that he had screwed up. He had to have known that because he corrected it, right? Right. But but the, the God breaking through on behalf of their faithfulness in the parats in God's timing, if 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 you see that again where the breaker is at the head of the army, he came because those people had mobilized. They were there because of his timing. And when he said, let's go forward, that's the breakthrough. And I think we're in a we're in a parades of the Lord right now. I think he's coming upon his people. And, and that's why we need to be we need to be so devoted to his word. And I think those who have abandoned the word, those who have perverted the word, are really going to be in for some challenging times. And it's not because God doesn't love them. It's because his word is forever settled. Mm -hmm. And, boy, I sure took a turn here. We went from dogs in heaven to this. This time frame is God establishing. He's coming. His presence is here. And it's a, it's a picture of the parats of God based upon the timing and the faithfulness of, of the saints. Standing in the gap, being willing to go. The breakthrough that we've talked about, yeah, I think we've all looked at, okay, we're going to be able to go out finally. But the real breakthrough is here. Mm -hmm. God has broken through upon his people. Mm -hmm. And um, we need to cherish that. Mm -hmm. The thing that screwed it up for David and Uzzah, David was displeased for Uzzah's sake. Not to mention Ohio. Can you imagine what he must have been thinking? Man, that could have been me. I'm sitting here and piloting this Wells Fargo wagon with my brother. I had my hands on the reins. He had a free hand, and that's what got him. But David, who was the leader of that thing. Do you think that it could have had anything to do with just the power of God's presence and, and the reality that we, as Uzzah and David, need to fear and have reverence of that presence? I agree. And, you know, go ahead. I'm interrupting you. No, I mean, you look through the Bible and granted, I mean, you think about Lot's wife that turned around and he turned her to a pillar of salt. Mm -hmm. You think about some of the supernatural things that happened that God did by the visitation. And, you know, even the priest not being able to stand in his presence. I think that's something that, that as we welcome his presence, it's not that we're afraid of him, but it is so much about we have to to reverence who he is mm -hmm. and I think the church has gotten a little far away from that but it's just my thoughts yeah I mean if they were carrying the representation in that arc of his presence I don't know yeah and and really I would imagine that in that picture, David was out ahead. Mm -hmm. Making sacrifice. I would imagine that. Mm -hmm. And the tumult that happened when David had to stop and then come back and see. Um, but, you know, that's why when we've done activations, and you know, I remember when we were in Greece, and, you know, we would say over and over again, we're only doing what God said to do. Oh, we could go across to Turkey. No, God didn't say do that. We're only doing what God said to do. Oh, that irritated some people. On the one hand, you had people that were that knew we were really stretching the bounds of rational thought to do the things we were doing. But then on the other hand, you have to be like the, you know, like David said to, how long do I have to be with you guys, you know, you sons of Zariah? Um, you don't want to do beyond what God says to do. But you do what he says to do. And I think God didn't judge them up to that point. But when, when they touched 
when they touched the beacon point of him, of him that's when it happened. I, I, I don't want to get too lost in the weeds there. But I do think that the, the God breaking through, <clears throat> that's the most important breakthrough that's happened this year, in this year of the glory with the presence. God is breaking through upon his people based upon your faithfulness in the gap, his timing, your willingness to serve. And arguably, <clears throat> the going forth into the nations, we wouldn't want to do that if God hadn't broken through upon us. Oh, absolutely not. And I think the bigger breakthrough is yet to come with him. And we just need to be careful. Not fearful. No. But careful. Don't go beyond what God says to do. Because it's, it's a scary thing. Yeah, and plus, you know, you've talked so much about the Lord giving us strategy, direction and strategy, and how we're really pursuing that prophetically through intercession and through just prophetic insight. And that plays right into that because we have to hear him clearly, his directive. And, I mean, he's with us. He's, he's not going to lead us astray, but we can't be flipping about it we have to um i don't know i mean they're carrying the ark on they made a cart did god tell them to make a cart no so i mean it's noble <laughs> how are we going to get this from a to b but up to that point god didn't kill anybody we don't know how far that thing went before it hit the bump in the road yeah, but you don't think God knew that was going to oh, happen? Oh, sure. But what I'm saying is that when they moved that out of it's in, out of the place where it had been stored onto that cart, God didn't fry anybody right there. No, but he, I mean... I'm not saying the cart was fine. No, I think it's more hearing, being, you know, hearing his directive and his strategy and doing it the way he says. I mean, think about... Think about David and think about when did he mess up and not do what God said to do when he numbered the people and there was consequence. That's Satan put it in his heart to do it. Yeah, way. yeah. So all I'm saying is I think that our pursuit of spiritual insight through our intercession and through just really leaning in in our intercession and devoted in our prayer to hear from God and to gain that directive. It's not so much so that I get the directive. I mean, I know how he speaks and the chain of command that he goes through, but it's cultivating an atmosphere of, of intercession and of diversities of tongues where the mysteries are revealed and where he actually speaks and guides and directs us in wisdom. And that is a path we've been on for 25 years, thank God, right? Yeah, there's a difference between a good idea and a divine strategy. Oh, we've got lots of good ideas. Yeah. Oh, man. And it's easy even in in this moment when we've been locked up for three years and now we feel the doors are being opened for us want to, oh, we should go here and we should go there. And uh, I really think we need to go here. But that's not what's happening. What's happening is we're waiting and hearing and moving according to his timing and his plan. Yeah. So. Yes. Wow. Well, okay, we've gone a little bit past time. I hope nobody is troubled by that. <laughs> um, after all, we didn't broadcast the last couple of weeks. Gave you a bit of a breather. Why don't we just go ahead and just make up for that and do, for, do a three-hour? Yeah, a three-hour tour. Well, wherever you are, whatever you're facing right now, just know that God is with you. There are things that he is wanting to lead you into. Just be real careful not to, not to remember the, the story of the, when the fire of the Lord was there and sons of Aaron went and gathered the fire and said, you know, let's, uh, let's burn incense and God called it strange fire. 
It was the fire of the Lord. What's strange about that? But so just be careful not to go beyond your purview and just enjoy what God's doing. And that's the thing about it. Well, I don't want to miss God. Well, nobody does. But the thing about it is, is that I've learned that God would rather, he wants you to be obedient, but God would rather you wait on him than to be proactive in your own thoughts, because that leads to destruction. Mm -hmm. And um, God sees your heart. He'll get you where you're supposed to go. But um, it's best that you just do what he says to do and not get creative in your own strength. All right. God bless you all. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful day. And uh, we'll see you soon. Amen. Amen.